This is Seek Bytes, the software engineering podcast by Seek.com. Join our experts as they share their thoughts and tips on mastering the craft of code. From career advice to technical deep dives, Seek Bytes is the podcast for software engineers by software engineers. Welcome to Seek Bytes. Today on the podcast, we have Nick Scoofus, Bridget Barnes, and myself, Elliot Miller. And today we're going to be talking about working from home at Seek. So firstly, I would like to welcome everyone to the Seek HQ in Cremorne, the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. And I'd like to pay respects to our elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge them as the custodians and original owners of these lands, airways and waterways, and super excited to have Bridget Barnes, Senior Software Engineer at Seek. We have Nick Scoofus, now known as Senior Staff Engineer. Nick Scoofus, so happy to have you both here. I'm Elliot Miller, who is also a Senior Engineer. So excited to be here today, our first day of recording. How, how are you two doing? How are you doing, Bridget? I kind of think you were right with that second coffee. I think you should have gone for the second coffee. <laughs> That's answer enough, right? You're looking at me expectantly. I'm doing well. I've had a coffee, nervous energy. Uh, do you want exciting. a second? Do I, do I want a second one? No, I'm good. I'm good, okay, I'm good okay. at this level of caffeination. So my name's Elliot Miller, um, formerly known as Elliot Hobbs. That's a, a whole name other change. thing. Yeah, name change. Now, I I, uh, I took my wife's name when we got married. Wow. So, nice. you know, nice. you're um, not hiding from sort of some sort of criminal activity in the past. I don't know. Well, I mean, I got hired at Seek, right? So the <laughs> sure. the, the yeah. criminal yeah. criminal check came <laughs> back clear. That so history check. I am relatively new to Seek. I've been here for about six months, and I've got to say, I'm loving it. I am one of the senior engineers on one of our front end teams. So I mostly look after the website of things, but a little bit of back end stuff. Traditionally, I'm full stack. So my entire career, I've always been full stack. But at Seek here, I'm just kind of front end, which is, you know, it's a nice change of pace. Not responsible for dealing with everything under the sun is, you know, it, it allows a bit more focus. So why don't we throw over to Nick Scoofus? Hi, Nick. Um, how long have I been at Seek? Three, almost three years? Uh, yeah, 420 of the 20th, right? What's that? It was 420, right? Wow, yeah, I guess. For 2020, wow. Right at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. So I started remotely. My background, you know, I sort of did a little bit of full stack and, and bits and pieces, but sort of descended the stack, I think is the way I like to think of it, and sort of ended up in sort of internal teams working on internal platform stuff. So deploying infrastructure and, you know, building Kubernetes platforms and like broadly helping developers, helping the, the rest of the developers of the organization be more productive and be more efficient and deploy quicker and more safely and all those sorts of things. And so that's where I am now. And that's what I've ended up doing, building our kind of internal developer platform. Yeah, it's been great. It's been, this is the longest I've been at a job, proper job at least, for a little while. And um, yeah, so far so good, enjoying things, you know, there's ups and downs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, life is pretty good at the moment. Bridget. Uh, hi, I'm Bridget. Uh, I've been here for, I think, almost five years. I don't remember anymore. Um, it's all a bit of a blur, isn't it? Honestly, yeah. And like the pandemic feels like lost time. I don't Absolutely. know how long I've actually been here. Um, yeah, similar to Elliot, started working part-time job doing software development during my degree, um, did that for a little bit, honestly wanted to get paid more, do some 
more staff have more responsibility. Ended up applying for Seek because it was really similar to the full stack that I was working. Uh, was mostly doing backend then. Um, came to Seek and started doing full stack for a little while. Fell into internal tooling um, with Nick. And now I've recently moved back to product because I want to try and get some of that full stack experience up again so I can make better tools. I'm going to start a team to rival Nick's. Just <laughs> Ooh, like, yeah. I like it. The competition. <laughs> One of the first topics we were thinking about, talking about, is working from home. Bridget, why, why don't you kick us off from that? Okay. How, I don't know, who is working from home? What do they do? Who, who is this mystic working from home? Oh, the mystic working from home. Yes, the mystic working from home cursed us all uh, at the beginning of 2020 and said, I will trap you all in your towers for however many years um, and you will have to figure it out. That's, did either of you really work at home before the pandemic? I did. Yeah, I think in my, my job before Seek, we were, we were kind of uh, heading towards like two days working from home and the rest of the days in the office. And actually, interestingly, they were all kind of staggered. I can't totally remember why we decided to do that, but we kind of ended up with, okay, this one day we're all going to be in the office. These other days we're going to kind of pick, you know, which day you want to be in the office, which day you want to be at home. We also had like a learning day on Thursdays. So we were at home for that because like why really be in the office for that? Um, so yeah, a, a little bit. What about you, Elliot? Yeah, so it's it's kind of a funny one. I was working from home two to three days a week for like 18 months before the pandemic even hit. So I used to work for a company up in Brisbane. My wife and I were living up there uh, before we got married and... The people in my office were very cool. They, you know, the bosses were like, well, I don't care where you work. As long as you're getting work done, why do you need to come into the office? That's fine. So I was like, great, works for me. And then there were days where, you know, I'd get in and nobody would be in the office till 11 or 12 o'clock anyway. And I was like, why did I waste an hour commuting? So I I did that for a, a little while there. And it meant, you know, I would just remote into my desktop, sit at home, you know, just chillax, be with the dogs, wouldn't have to commute. So I could walk the dogs in the morning, in the afternoon. And, you know, it, it was great. And then you get all those little chores done around the house, vacuuming, cooking, cleaning, etc. So for me, I was doing that before the pandemic hit. And then my wife and I moved down to Melbourne before our, our first child was born. And so we, we moved down September 2019 and... You know, so I was working full-time remote still for that company up in Brisbane. So for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, working from home. I was used to it. I was fine with it. The The team I was in was pretty small anyway. So, you know, we, we were always on Slack anyway. So it wasn't like it made a huge difference being in the room. And I'm not sure if I really buy into the whole thing of you have to be in the same room to be able to work together as a team. I feel like if you all have to be in the same room to be able to work as a team, you're probably not working great as a team anyway. But also then... you you don't have all those distractions of the office, right? You don't have phones going off. You don't have people yelling in meetings. You don't have whatever the case is. And then that tunnel vision that you get when you're coding, when you're in the zone, doesn't necessarily get distracted because, you know, somebody over there can't figure out the printer and is doing whatever. Or somebody comes up and goes, oh, do you know how to connect to the Wi-Fi? Or somebody's like, hey, I can't debug this error when they haven't Googled it, right? So for me, I was like working from home, totally normal pandemic though 
the pandemic working from home was a big shift because everything was shut. So for me, that was the big adjustment because I couldn't go for a cheeky brunch anymore. (laughs) I couldn't go for coffee. I like there was no reason to leave the house. So it was it was pretty, pretty dark there for a little bit. And I think that, you know, definitely there was feelings of isolation, whereas post pandemic working from home, it's totally become the norm. It's really funny when I was, you know, a junior and and kind of a mid-level, I the idea of working from home, I was like, what? Why would I want to do that? I was like, the, the office is where the table tennis is and the coffee machine and the cool people. Whereas now I'm like, oh, working from home is great. I don't have to commute. I can, you know, save time. I can get all these chores done. And I tell you, I've got so many chores to do nowadays with uh, <laughs> with, with with two kids. So it's, you know, it's a handful. And I think we're really lucky at Seek to be able to work from home and to be able to have flexible schedules. And I feel like the market and engineering in general has more shifted towards that. What? How do you two feel about post-pandemic working from home or even during the pandemic? How did you, yeah. how did you cope? I mean, I think that's... Uh, you do bring up a very interesting point there, which I think in, in my mind a little bit does kind of split the world to some degree in that you're saying you have two kids, you have two dogs, you have a partner at home, right? Um, I don't, I have a cat, right? And a partner at home. But like, I definitely also am leaning much more towards the work from home, right? Um, I think also like, I don't know how old you are, I don't want to ask, it's, you know, but whatever. I think you and I may be a little bit older than Bridget, maybe, might be true, right? I think that in, in my mind, there's definitely a little bit of a split that particularly like the grads and people earlier in their career, and I remember from being early in my career, like being in the office was fun. There were people that I hung out with and had lots of stuff to do and went out for drinks and had lunch and whatever. And and not that I don't enjoy doing that stuff now, but like the balance has shifted a little bit. I got stuff to do at home. Like, uh, you know, um, maybe it's easier if I just stay at home today and get that stuff done. Whereas I feel like, um, uh, I don't want to say something that makes me sound like a... <laughs> Sound geriatric, but the young, the, the kids, right? The kids am, want to come into the office, right? Look, I am, I'm definitely wearing that geriatric hat. Look, I, I, I feel like such an old man. Everything hurts. I'm constantly in pain. I'm tired all the time. But maybe that's just having two young kids, and I mean that's on me, right? So, look, I, I, I definitely hear you there. I, I, I do you think that's true, Bridget? Uh, to some degree. Like, I do think that um, while a lot of the things I used to be like, oh, you could never do that online, like a lot of pairing, like that's definitely, that's fine. You can do that online. Um, I do think that early in my career, like I definitely learned a lot by like sitting next to people, overhearing what they were doing and be like, hey, tell me about that. Or like, um, you know, I used to sit next to some very, very talented, very, very smart people who were known for being very talented and very smart. So they would have other people come up and ask them questions. And I would just sit there and be like, yeah, I want to know the answer to that too. So there was a lot of incidental learning just from being in the office and being around really, really great people. Um, and I definitely have felt the lack of that since the pandemic started um, and not having a lot of people in the office anymore, right? Like you don't kind of get that incidental thing of just listening into people solve problems that was a really great way for me to learn um, or like, you know, sitting next to someone and them like offhandedly being like, oh, hey, you'd probably be interested in learning this. Like, you know, it's not important enough that they'd pull you into a Zoom call or anything, yeah. but 
you know, it's sort of out of sight, out of mind, right? Like, unless you're thinking like, oh, yeah, like that junior might be interested in learning this. Like, you kind of lose that a little bit. Um, and if anyone is doing that in a way that's kind of working remote, I would really love to hear that. I mean, you and I did bits and pieces of that we did. at times. Yeah. But it was very deliberate and it was yeah. scheduled and it was, here's a block of time that we're going to spend working on. You know, it was writing documentation. Yeah. Um, we're going to work on that together. And that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> Same. Um, it's a funny thing in software development where there are things that everybody can sort of agree, like we all care about, right? Like we can all agree that we care about writing clean, maintainable, testable code, whatever, even if you don't necessarily do it, you can nod your head and go, yeah, we all care about that. Documentation is a weird one because we can all nod our heads and say that it is important, but when push comes to shove, it's less important than the writing of the code. And um, disagree, maybe, I don't know. Communication in general, I think, is one of those things that we can all nod our heads at in the industry and say, yes, communication skills, you know, it's almost like a cliche, right? Communication skills, underrated, people with great communication skills, it's a bit of a multiplier, right? It, it, it takes you from being good to great, right? Absolutely. And but, I think that ties back into what we're talking about with working from home. Yeah. If you have yes. good communication skills, working from home isn't going to make a difference, yep. right? You're still going to be able to effectively communicate via email, via Slack, in meetings, I do think Bridget's totally right. You do miss out on that incidental learning and those incidental combos or your water cooler chat, as it were, where you go, oh, did you know that Nick's actually just working on this tool called Valet? And Bridget might go, well, what's Valet? And then suddenly they've gone off and Bridget's now an expert in Valet after going down this rabbit hole for two weeks because over the water cooler somebody mentioned it, which is definitely something that you can miss. But I think that there are ways around that. There are ways to try and include that still as part of your active teamwork. Well, there, there are, but you have to be deliberate about it, right? Yeah. So, Absolutely. so I totally have to be agree deliberate. with you. Communication is more important than ever. I would say, though, it's actually not really enough for you individually to be a good communicator. You have to create that, you have to foster that communication with your entire team, right? Absolutely. Because you can be as useful and helpful and effective as you want, but there's a reason why we're organized into teams and not just, you know, individuals, right? We need everybody to get the stuff done. And if there's one fantastic communicator and a bunch of other people who are not as good at communication, you need to figure out ways of fostering that sort of environment and and being very deliberate. And this is kind of, yeah, one of my <laughs> big bugbears is like, um, that there, I think there is a bit of a feeling that it'll just kind of happen and people will go to the office and you'll figure it out a little bit. And I'm, I'm totally like, it feel, probably feels very uncomfortable and very forced. It's something I'm trying to sort of navigate in my team at the moment. Um, but saying to people, we're going to carve out time to, you know, share cool tooling with each other, right? Or even, you know, the most uncomfortable one, right? Forced fun. People hate forced fun. <laughs> oh, like, do they ever? Forced fun. Time to have to, to socialize within our team sounds awful to most people, especially introverted, you know, not always, but, you know, socially awkward software developers sometimes, right? But 
How I did we even get essential. three software engineers in a room, like, <laughs> recording? Right, it, and it then is, to tell right? them that we're going to carve out an hour a week to have some fun and play some games. But I think it's crucial. I think it's incredibly important. And if you're not going to do that, if that's a bridge too far, get people back in the office. That's maybe my... Uh, I'm going to throw out many controversial opinions in this podcast because <laughs> otherwise, what's the point, right? Yeah. But that's my controversial opinion is that if you're not going to commit to making time for, and if you look at the literature, right, which is like companies that are really good at remote work and do a lot of remote work and have been doing it for years in some cases, right, pre-pandemic, they call it informal conversation, right, like as opposed to the formal stuff that's about work, right, yeah. informal talking about what you're doing on the weekend, having fun, chatting, whatever. Yes. You're not going to carve out time for informal conversation, force people to come in on Thursdays. Or Thursdays, we're not forced to come in on Thursdays at Seek. That's the day that you know we, we tend to come in, at least in the Melbourne office. Um, but if you're not willing to, to carve out time as a team, then I think you'll be much better off. I think your team will be more effective. Pick a day and, and get everybody that can to come in on, on that day because... I don't think there is a substitute. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing and you can't leave it to chance and you can't leave yeah. it to like, I'll pull you into the zoo when you're into it. It just will not happen. I think you're totally right. And I think I've seen that a lot at, at different companies who, who, you know, not necessarily that I've worked at, but that I know people have worked at where it's like working from home is spouted this this magical thing, especially pre-pandemic. It was, oh, and you get to work from home every Wednesday. And it was like, <laughs> where's the benefit, Right. Look, having a team that you can communicate with, having a team that you can engage with, having those informal conversations, it kind of makes me think of high school. Like when you, <laughs> you're like, how did you... How oh, did we're going to go back there, are we? We're going to go back there. <laughs> how did you make friends in high school? And w what it basically comes down to is repeated non-forced social interaction. Yeah. Right? That's a very it, good you, point. You made friends with these people because you saw them every single day. So when you're in the office, if you come to the office every day, Bridget's going to sit down with their team and maybe get a coffee or maybe go out to lunch and maybe go, hey, Nick, um, I'm just going to pop upstairs for coffee. Do you want to come with? And, totally. yeah. you know, they're going to they're gonna bond as a team, whereas you're totally right. Working from home, you can't do that. I can't go to someone on my team and be like, I'm just going to go make a coffee for 10 minutes and then hang out. What I can do, though, is I can jump in the Slack huddle for our private team channel and I can post a little thing and be like, hey, guys, I'm just hanging out here if anyone wants to come and chat. But you've got to foster that environment. You've got to make people want to jump in and come hang out and be like, hey, I'm just working on this problem if anyone wants to look. See, me, I love to be a fly on the wall when somebody's coding because I'm, I'm just excited by the job. I'm excited to learn. And the thing is, anyone may know something that I don't. I've got, I, I love that approach because it may be the most junior person in the company. It may be the most senior person. It may be a topic that I consider myself an expert on, but I don't know what everyone else's experience is. So they may know something that I don't, or better yet, I may know something that they don't. Actually, both are good. I don't know if one's better <laughs> than the other. But th the point is there's often a two-way learning, and all it takes is seeing them do something to go, oh, they don't know about this trick, or wait, wait, hold on, go back for a sec. What, what did you just do? How did you do this and then suddenly your mind is blown and you've learned something that's why the job's amazing mm -hmm. and that is a problem without that space to do that cross learning in it's like yeah that is a big problem about working from home full-time if you can't 
come into the office, if you can't do pairing, if you can't have that incidental learning, it does make it harder to feel like a team. Yeah. So we've got all these benefits to working from home, but there are absolutely some negatives. But I think if the team is working towards it and it's a goal for the team, because it's not just one person. You need everyone to have that buy-in, to want to communicate, to want to be a part of those forced fun times. first couple of weeks at Seek, when I came in, I would come in, uh, I'd go up to the Thursday drinks on, on level six at the hub, which is an amazing, uh, um, amazing place to be. It's really cool, really great lighting, really great building, hashtag plug. And I, I, I would grab myself a drink and I was just going up to random people. And I was just like, hey, how are you doing? I'm, I'm Elliot. I'm from Blah Team. And, and what are you? Because, you know, I wanted to meet people. I wanted to I really had to pull that extrovert hat on, though. But I was that's, like, "That's I, you're pulling it pretty far." That's right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I actively and I was like, "This is against every natural instinct of mine to just go out to randoms at, sure. at the company." But I was like, "No, it's important." And there are so many cool people at Seek, and this kind of goes back to that working from home thing. You don't meet these people unless totally. you make an effort. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's absolutely negatives. What were you going to say before, Bridget? Oh, uh, yeah, it's like kind of hard to meet people from across teams as well, working yeah. from home, right? Like when I come into the office, I feel like I do get more of that, like um, talking to other teams and finding out what they're doing. And I do also really like that because I think that's bringing a lot more knowledge into the team than just if I kept talking to my team, right? Because like, yeah, we've been solving problems the same way. We're not finding out what others are doing for the most part until I'm in the office and talking to people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... I coming to seek and going into an internal kind of you know platformy like tooling team i i had it in my mind before <laughs> i got here that i was going to be the person that elliot's describing right yeah. i'm gonna be i was gonna be elliot and going up to everybody and saying hi whatever which is not my natural inclination i think i'm like I, I, i'm definitely somewhere between an introvert and extrovert my natural inclination just to put it out there is to not go out is to stay yeah, home and play video enough. games no, and, I, and pour a nice glass of whatever whether it's cold water or wine or totally and and i think the yeah i mean i think that's the right way to do it but i it was something that was on my mind coming to seek and then studying the pandemic yeah it really did make that very hard. I think I'm trying to make up for a little bit now, but it was something that, you know, being in an internally facing team, knowing everybody and what everybody's up to, and at least having a little kind of connection in every kind of spot um, is incredibly useful and valuable. It's, it's useful and valuable. So I wouldn't say it's more useful and valuable as somebody yeah. in an internal team, but it is incredibly important because if you're not listening and, and interacting with those people, you're gonna build the wrong stuff, build stuff people don't need. Um, and so it was. Isn't difficult. that always the favorite one? You're like, when you, you, you put in hours or weeks or years of effort into something, you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. It's going to solve this problem. And then you're like, oh, nobody uses it. Oh, man. I, I why, 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 spend, yeah. why spend six, six weeks um, automating something when you can do it manually for, for four minutes? Is that the meme? I, That's not the meme. I'm messing it up. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you're definitely putting six weeks into something and you haven't gone to people who would hopefully use it to find out, like, yeah what it should be doing, then like that's completely wrong. That Especially if it's years, like you should be testing with people as soon as possible, gathering requirements, 
kind of I think with internal tooling you do kind of have to be like your own product manager basically right you've got to do product you've got to do UX you have to go out and find out what people want so isn't this the fantastic thing about being an engineer I'm hearing the exact same thing that the front-end team the back-end team the internal team it doesn't matter as an engineer those skills are so transferable which is really exciting because it means that it, it doesn't matter if this is an internal tool. It doesn't matter if it's an external tool. You have a user group. They have yeah. pain points. You are providing a solution to a problem, which is why I love this job. Like, how, how good is that when you're like, oh, I'm so annoyed these Cypress tests are failing or these <laughs> other things failing, and then somebody comes along and solves it for you, and you're just like, oh, my God, you've, you've <laughs> saved me hours or years, or just the headache of doing it. It's just... It's, it's so good. And I think when you can provide that to someone, to you, you get that little dopamine hit of you've made someone's life better, right? Yeah. So working from home, yay or nay? Bridget? Oh, yeah, of course it's going to be yay. <laughs> yay, I mean, yeah. I, I can't simplify it that much. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm very strong. Like my current job is effectively fully remote in the sense that like I don't, have to come to the office if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. My next job will be fully remote, but there's got to be the right there's got to be the right structure around it, right? Like it can't just be fully remote and we never talk. We never and, talk and yeah. we never interact with each other. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I mean it's it, it's here to say I don't want to go back to five days a week at the office. But uh, I can't actually imagine doing that again. Just we did it last last year. I don't know. We had a, like a hive week thing. Everybody was in the office and. It was exhausting. <laughs> yeah, Hype Week was pretty good for a lot of reasons, but Fantastic. I gotta say, but yes. there was a couple of things that kind of threw me. I mean, I totally we, we had Hype Week and then we had our hackathon, uh, another hashtag plug, which was fantastic. But I gotta tell you, I was completely exhausted. Yeah. I came Just in dead. nine out of 10 working days in a row, which I was sitting there, I was going, this is the most I've been in the office days in a row in like three years. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was it was a huge shift you and it was- that- Every, week. I know I was every crazy. Week, I was like, I felt month, like I'd wasted so much time on the tram, not being able to do anything. Yeah, and my commute yeah. isn't too bad, but you know, back when I was in my junior days, my commute was like two and a half hours a day, right? Oof. You know, with trains and waiting around. So you know, I used to bust out the Nintendo DS, and I would just go into my own little happy place while waiting forty minutes for a train or whatever. But but now you're like, I have a thirty second commute, you know. That's, it, it's hard it to be. better than that. Yeah. Right. Thanks for listening to us today on Seek Bites. Hope you enjoyed listening. <laughs>